0: All right. Uh, So I'm really excited about this because uh, my message is shorter than normal. Like it's like it really is. I practiced it. And I'm always like, I listen to some of the sermons that y'all have to endure. And um, I know I'm the greatest preacher that many of you have ever heard in your whole life, but um, it is not fun for me to listen to myself back. I'm like, man, you guys are soldiers to sit through this for as long as you do. But this is going to be a shorter message. Uh, I just sat down. No, stand up. Can all of you stand up with me? I'm going to read to you uh, Luke chapter 22, verse uh, 14 through 20. Luke 22, 14 through 20. Come on, Luke. Luke, the physician. And this is the way he would recount Jesus' last time with his disciples in verse 14. When the time came, Jesus and his apostles sat down together at the table. And Jesus said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And then he took the cup of wine and he gave thanks to God for it. And he said, take this and share it among yourselves, for I will not drink the wine again until the kingdom of God has come. Then he took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it, and he broke it into pieces and he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is a new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with his blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. Lord Jesus I pray that you would help me today. Amen. 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 Cool. Well, um, there's this really powerful uh, verse in Psalms 143, verse 4, and it says this. It says, I remember the days of old, and I ponder all your great works and think about what you have done. I lift up my hand to you in prayer, and I thirst as a parched land thirst for rain. It says, I remember Everything that you've done. Today, if I could like title what this, this time would be, I think it would be Remember. Um, I had something powerful happen to me last night and no. it was pretty neat. I was about to go to sleep and for whatever reason I picked up my phone like right before I went, uh, went to sleep and I, I, I try to stay off Facebook like as much as I can. Like I'm mostly not a social media person at all, uh, but for whatever reason I clicked on it. And uh, it was pretty neat because yesterday was a special day in our house. Uh, yesterday was my, my daughter's sixth birthday. And so a little rock star, man, she just thinks she's so cool. And uh, she was yesterday, and she's funny. And Maylee, she's a, she's a hoot, man. I mean, you want to talk about a funny kid. And um, anyways, the memory uh, was me holding Maylee when she was born. Now, there are some of you that have been deceived in thinking that babies are cute when they're, when they're but they're, I mean, it is, it's really not that way at all. Um, they're just covered in yuck, and they wrap them in that d- disgusting towel that the hospitals give you. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's because someone patented, and they just want to give them away as much as possible because they're so <laughs> ugly. But anyways, they wrap Melee in this little thing, and I, I, someone took a photo of, of just this. And um, oh, I about cried. Because um, it doesn't matter where I am. It's so easy to forget things that are significant and matter. And I, I think that's why Jesus made this day so important. There's, there's, there's a couple sacraments that we have to do as believers that Jesus has ordained us as a church to do that we started 2,000 years ago. And, and the first is, is water baptism. If you've not been baptized since, there's been, since you were living for the enemy... And just to be clear, if you're not living for Jesus, you're already living for the enemy. You're living for yourself. You know what I'm saying? And so it's important because you're doing life with people who think that um, you're cool, everything's good. But when you give your life to Christ, it's important that everyone in your life knows that you're different. And so uh, you, you need to be baptized in water. And the second is, is Holy Communion. And, and this is, Jesus is here and it's His last night with His disciples. And... Um, this It really just gets me because I, I'm a foodie. I love food. Uh, I, I, I think about food um, a lot during the day. Uh, <laughs> when I was fasting, it was really brutal. But um, I think about food a lot, and, and this is Jesus' last meal. And I just think about how special that is and uh, you know, who you'd want to be there in your life. And, and I don't know where you're at with your relationship with Christ, but what I have learned is that the Lord, He's really into you. You're actually a, a big, big deal to Him. And I love this because of He's just hanging with His friends. And He, he starts off by saying, I have, eager, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. Like I've got one meal left and I want to eat it with you. And no matter where you're at in your relationship with Christ, it's important for you to know that the Lord wants to grow you and Him and make the relationship greater than it is today. And that's kind of where I come in. I feel like I'm a coach. It's my job to just say, like, hey, these are some keys that can help make your relationship with the Lord better, you know? And so Jesus would say it this way in Revelations. He says that, uh, behold, I stand at the door and I'll knock. And anyone who would open that door, I'll come in and I'll meet with them. And then with me, I, I you got to know that the Lord designed you to hear from Him, not even through a pastor. Just He wants to speak to your life. He wants to meet with you. He wants to reveal His kingdom and His glory and His power and His faithfulness and His love to you. And sometimes you just got to be able to push away from people to make time for the Lord to do that. But here's Jesus making time right before He's about to die to be with His disciples. So we practice open communion here as a church. It's really important, though, that uh, you know that one of the deep scriptures about communion would say, "Don't do this if there's sin in your life." Meaning, if if you're if you if you've not m- committed your life to Jesus, communion is something you should just want to pass on. But you don't have to be a member of our church to take communion. It's open to anyone. Just want to let you know when Jesus says, uh, uh, "Don't do this. Don't do communion if you ain't if you're not all in." Cool. All right, that was just a little nugget for you. So Jesus says, I really want to eat this meal with you. And then he's going to go into this conversation about remembering. And he takes this bread and uh, he, he, it's scripture says that he, he broke it and he passed this to his disciples and he says, this is my body which is being broken for you. I want you to do this in remembrance of me. Now, I don't, first of all, They didn't know what he was talking about. And many of us forget what he's talking about. So I just wonder, is it possible for you to remember that Jesus was broken for you? Now, we're going to hear in just a few minutes, I'm going to read another passage where the apostle Paul says, that which Jesus showed me, I'm showing you. But the apostle Paul wasn't there when Jesus was broken. And he's going to have this conversation. And so what I've learned is it is 100% possible and 100% necessary for you to remember that Jesus was broken for you. Now, you can um, remember that he was broken or you can actually physically remember. You can see it. There's so much I forget, but there's one thing that we can't forget, and it's God's love for you. And I remember that Jesus loved me. And so I remember the day that I, I gave my life to Jesus. Some of you may have been in kindergarten the day it happened and you knew that Jesus loved you. But I remember I was in a, a church service, I was sitting like somewhere like in like the eighth row over there trying to hide. I had come to church like four weeks in a row and I was doing everything I can to like pretend like I wasn't interested when I very much was because of what I really God was doing. I had no clue. And this pastor asked if anyone wanted to make Jesus the Lord of their life. And I I buried my hands under my armpits, sweating. And uh this brought this girl with me and she just her hand up there and I saw her and I was so angry at her because I was like how the heck did you just do that you know and so just out of mad for her now I did it too And, uh, and I remember what it was like instantly for me when God rolled the boulder of sin away from my life and the love of God poured over me I don't know if you know that sin separates you from God all sin separates you from God in fact it's impossible for you to have relationship with God because of your sin and I remember the day that I put my faith in Jesus and the love of God found his way to me See. I remember a pastor asked me to come down to the altar and I did and I wept as the Holy Spirit for the first time poured himself onto me. See there, Jesus would have been on the cross and as the wrath of God was being poured out on him, which that wrath was designed for me because of my sin, Jesus cried out a loud prayer from the cross and he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? Because God turned his back on Jesus so that he'd face me because Jesus wore my sin and I became Jesus' righteousness. It was an exchange I never deserved. And that's why I remember it so much because it was the most life-transforming moment of my life, the day that I received the love of God. I know that you know that Jesus was broken for you, but do you remember it? Do you remember that because you're a sinner, and because I'm a sinner, and because I covet and lust and am prideful and arrogant and lazy, God couldn't have relationship with me because He is holy, and yet I wanted to know who He is, but didn't want to change. And it was only until Jesus was broken. That the love of God can be poured into my life. Do you remember that Jesus paid the price that you could not pay? I just think about brokenness for a second and I think about like the whip that came down upon his back, the price that he paid. The whip that came down upon his back 39 times, the cat of nine tails, that paid the price for my, for, for, for my sickness, for, 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 for the disease that was in me, I was selfish until I understood that he loved me. And that love broke me and, underst- and it began to teach me of the sickness that I had in my life. And it taught me how to love others. And it taught me purpose. And it taught me the reason why I live today. the day I realized that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way that I'm ever going to have a relationship with the Father was through Jesus. You can't be a good person. You can't attend church enough. You can't give in the offering enough for God to love you. You can't be a connect group leader or serve at a serve team or help in the parking lot. The only way that you're going to have a relationship with God is because of what Jesus gave for you. And so it said that he was broken for us and he wanted us to remember his brokenness and how it paid the way for God to love me. Amanda said it earlier like I'm victorious because of his brokenness. I'm made whole because he was ripped apart. This exchange is like nothing else that I've ever known. It's crazy the love that God has for me. It's not fair that I received beauty when he took on my ashes. I know that you know, but do you remember? Because this is what is crucial for the church to understand in order for us to move forward. Let me explain it to you this way. Do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember? Jesus would, uh, in the book of Acts chapter two, verse 41 through 47, it's kind of the the, the bloodline of our church. If you ever want to see a healthy church, this is what we're hoping our church looks like from the outside in. It says this, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to that church that day, about 3000 in all. I like reading it from my own Bible. It just comes off more anointed for me, I think. And then all the (laughs) believers who then were baptized, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. Because if you want to grow, if if you want now your life to look like Jesus, if you want to make a difference in people's lives, if you want your life to become healing into those lives who are broken around you, there are our coworkers of people that are broken need us to look like Jesus. This is what we do now. And it so said, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Let me just stop right there. It is so unlike what we're doing in our culture, which is why we have to join a connect group. Some connect groups are going to be weird and it's going to be awkward and it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's mostly because it's awkward and uncomfortable to share. The enemy has done so much. If you believe that there is a God, the scripture then wants you to understand that there is a devil, and there is a devil after your life. And one of the greatest ways the enemy prevents you from growing is by separating you from believers. Now the word remember is is, 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 is the theme for this day. To remember the body of Christ, to put us back together. We are the bride. And it is impossible for me to be cut off from the bride of Christ and still grow. And so when he puts us back together, what happens is we begin to share our lives. Share the apostles' teaching. This is what growth looks like in the church. This is what growth looks like in the believer. We come together and we remember. Watch this. They devoted themselves to teaching. When was the last time that you told another believer a verse that encourages you? Not even what we read this week. Just my favorite verse. Pa- the one, you know, the one that pastor says. I can't even remember what it says. It says something like, oh, Jesus loves us or something like Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> and uh, when you begin to say these kinds of things, you fall more in love with the word. And God rises more in your life one of the apostle teaching and to fellowship. It's so hard to fellowship with other people. Why? Because you have hurts and you have, have there are areas in your life where people lie to you and cut you short. And that wound in your life is something, it's like a bruise or it's, it's like an injury. And the enemy would love to put his finger on that and cause you to flinch and not enter into that healing. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know how you get a bruise? It's nothing You get sunburned? You know how everyone just wants to pat you on the back when you get sunburned? Like, what the crap, dude? Don't, anywhere but there, like, shake my hand for crying out loud. I mean, but uh, that injury is, is, is the one place that you don't want anyone to touch. People, if you're alive, have hurt you. And it's the one area that you have to lean into if you want to find more of Christ. Amen. And I'm telling you, it's good for you. And so anyways, they devoted themselves to fellowship and to the sharing in meals. And I think about this, including the Lord's Supper. So we have communion together and the church begins exploding. And what I love about this, I'm telling you, it's cool when people love being in the house of God. Like it's my favorite day of the week, but it's really cool as a pastor when I find out that Pogo is having lunch with these people or these people are having these people over their house. You know why? Because I know that I know that I know that when you're eating together, Jesus is there. Because we don't have anything in common other than the cross. That's what unites us. I mean, we are different nations and different tongues and different tribes and different backgrounds and different denominations. And we all come together under the cross and man, God is good. And he's here. And that's where the power of God's poured out. I have to keep going. Uh, th- this is the opposite of what I said I was going to do. Okay. So a deep sense of awe came over all of them. And the apostles performed many miracle signs and wonders. Some of you are going to give me testimonies about this. Well, let me give you one really quick. In the last service, someone came down front right here and said, I need a healing in my body, Pastor. I said, we're going to leave here right now and go to the emergency room because I am in physical pain all through my body, and I feel like I need to get this worked on right now. Wow. So I asked this other dude to come over and help me pray, and he said, hey, let me just ask you, are you in pain right now? And he said, absolutely, I can't even walk. I said, okay, so if God healed you, would you know it? Yes. Guess what happened? Dun, dun, dun. Uh, <laughs> all right, cool. So he got healed. It was awesome. I'm going to tell you about that. So anyways, uh, all the believers met together in one place and they shared everything they had. We were designed to do this together, to come together and share. You know why? Because you have a need in your life and I have a need in my life. And sometimes your need is my excess. Like I have too much of things and too much of anything is is just bad. It's good for me to give, and it's good for you to receive, and it's good for you to give, and me to receive. And we have to share everything. They sold their property and their possessions, and they shared their money for those that were in need. And then they said they worshiped together at the Lord's temple each day, and they met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. And then, because we were eating together and having fellowship together, this is what happens. Then the Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved. I haven't memorized because I, I, yeah, yeah. Okay, 47. It says, and the Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved. <laughs> if you want to see people get saved, start bringing people and friends over to your house. We call, the Christians call it fellowship, Right? Fellowship is a Christian word for something that's very spiritual, and it means friends. <laughs> like, have friends. Have friends that, like, you know what's really funny is, like, I love going to see my family. But I have learned that the deepest part of me, my family, is other believers. It's, I have known people as long as I've been on earth, and I'm not as comfortable as I am when I'm in fellowship with other people that love Christ the same way because I'm coming alive because you're sharing your life your brokenness your fun your vision the promises you're believing for the direction you want and then it gives my faith something to do I believe with you and you believe with me and I know you guys see this guy up here who has life all together. And there's nothing imperfect with my life. Like I'm, I'm the most best looking person, you know, and the most anointed person, you know, and there's zero brokenness in me. But what really happens in fellowship is I get around other people who are also broken and your wholeness casts a light on me. And I begin to, it, 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 it makes me want to activate the broken places. Wait, wait, so my marriage is supposed to look like what? Well, we don't, we don't do that. And now all of a sudden I come home and I got an idea. You know what I mean? And I was like, she's like, oh, I like this version of you. Yeah, it's because I had fellowship with people that are healthier than me. The best part of me is rooted in Christ. But in order to find him, you have to seek his girlfriend. You have to seek his bride. We have to be together and do this together. Mm -hmm. And so when we get together, what we need to talk about is how Jesus is so passionate for his church. He's so passionate for you that he'll do anything to get to you. What do you mean, Pastor Tim? There is nothing that God won't do to get to you. You mean to prove it? I held this little baby once and I can't imagine Can I get an amen? But for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son that whosoever believed in him would not perish but have an everlasting life. He gave for you because he eagerly desired to eat with you. He eagerly desired to be with you and meet with you and make you whole. oh man, it gets me pumped. And there's a growth that's happening in our church right now. There's like this undercurrent. We're talking about it on staff. It's like, man, people are just growing on an accident right now. It's like you can, you can just see it. There's something happening. But it will only keep happening if you're willing to become vulnerable and trust God and move into each other. And then we bring a friend along and we introduce them to other people. You're not meant to do this alone. The scripture says that God it's not good for man to be alone. Cool? All right, so I'm going to try to close this thing. So he wanted us to remember this. What did Jesus do for you? I know you know about it, but do you can you can you remember it? Can you can you get back to when you remember him? Loving you. And, and you know, I don't care how long you've been a Christian. Like I almost hear some people saying, I, I I don't remember when I got saved. Today might be the day that you encounter the love of God in such a way that you know now that you're a sinner and you need Jesus to be the way, the truth, and the life for you. He is the one that makes us whole, not our wisdom. Not our finances, not our extravagant awesomeness, Jesus. And until you let Him come in, cool. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night he was betrayed, the Lord took some bread and he gave thanks to it and he broke it into pieces. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took a, a cup of wine after supper saying, this is the new covenant between uh, uh, um, between God and man. This is a new promise between God and man. This is a new promise that you've never heard before. This blood that's about to be poured out. It's a promise, unlike any other promise that's ever, that I will be with you, that I will heal you, that I will redeem you, that I will, I will complete you, I will, I will be there with you through through it all. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. And every time you eat the bread and drink the cup, you're announcing that the Lord's death until he comes. You're announcing that there is one that lives. You're announcing that there's one. I would stop at nothing to, to be with us. Cool. Um, here's how I'd like to close, if, if we can. Um, can I have the worship team come back up? And then um, we're going to worship for a while. We're going to take communion. But before we do, I feel like we need to stop and give someone the opportunity to say, you know what, Pastor Tim? I am not serving the Lord in my life. My life is not all about Jesus. It's about me There's some sin in my life, and I can sense it, and it's separating me from God. And today, I want to let Jesus have all of me. Today, you give Jesus your life. And I believe that when this happens, it'll transform you.